Alrighty, so let's get started. Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome to another live interview for Become a Fearless Father. And I have the pleasure to be in accompanied by my friend Gallon Noodle. Oh, look, he's representing <laughs> Canada. Um, anyway, we're going to talk about um, a lot of stuff today, especially about uh, in regards to Dapner stuff. Uh, it's going to be great. Um, trying out this new software, as I mentioned. So I appreciate Gallon saying, yes, let's try it. It's okay. Um, if not, if worse comes to worse, we can also hop back to Zoom or worse comes to worse, we can always plan a new date. However, so far, so good. So let's enjoy this. Gallon, welcome. Dude, let Thank me you. start off with the first question before we start getting into a little bit more in your origin story, right? Yeah. Um, I saw, you know, you have like a set side hustle plan, right? So I'm wondering, man, what's what made you decide to come up with the side hustle plan and what what is that for you? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, so thanks for having me on. This is awesome. You and I have known each other for a while now. Like feels like a long, long time, but I guess it's been six months or so. <laughs> but those are entrepreneur months, so it's more like 10 years. Um, uh, yeah, so um, my, my take on uh, side hustle stuff. So I have a day job. I'm a financial advisor. Um, but about, um, so about two years ago, uh, my wife was working at a job she hated. And she wanted to leave. She'd stuck it out for like six years at this job. She hated it was a job that um, I would take her to work. And um, the closer we got to work, um, the quieter she got, the more she started like hyperventilating. And I always wanted to ask her how she was doing, but I never did because I knew that if I asked her, she'd start crying and she didn't want to go to work with like puffy eyes. So I knew we had to get out of that situation. Now, after toughing it out for a bunch of years, um, I so I got I went to back to work. I was home with my kids for a couple of years. I went back to work so that I could make enough so she could quit. And mm -hmm. finally, we got to the point where I was making as much as she did. Um, I had a stable income, and she uh, quit her job. Um, partially because we went to some we did some personal development training that was all about fear, and it just said, you know, uh, what's holding you back is, is fear, and if you get over that fear, you can take these plunges. She quits her job. December a couple years ago, super proud of her. Fast mm -hmm. forward just like two months, and my boss and his boss, like I'm doing really well at work, like things are going really well. And um, my boss and his boss say, Hey Gail, let's have a meeting. And I was like, Oh great, they're gonna they're gonna ask me like how I'm doing so well and how I'm booking all these appointments and stuff. And we sit down at this like hotel conference room and they're both really quiet. And they pull out a big brown envelope and they slide it across the table and they say, Galen, uh, you've got four days to decide whether you're um, staying with the company, but in a sales role or leaving. Um, so basically that meant that my office was gone, my salary was gone, my benefits were gone, like, or like a lot of things just gone. And mm -hmm. my wife had just quit her job. And um, we were sitting on two houses because we bought it. We owned a house. So we were renovating a house. The renovation was really difficult. So it was like, probably the worst possible time for any of this to happen. But right around that time is when I started my entrepreneurial journey of, it really just got triggered by someone who said, I read something somewhere and it said, are you a business owner or are you an entrepreneur? And I remember thinking, well, that's the same thing, right? But then I was like, no, it's not the same thing. Entrepreneur is innovation, entrepreneur is creativity. And so I just started listening to a lot of podcasts, reading a lot of books mm -hmm. and just applying all those things in my life, synthesizing it, 
and figuring out what works mainly in the sphere of like how do I how do I stay ahead of the, the technological curve in my industry? How do I build a tribe? How do I build um, mm. you know um, side hustles, other sources of income? Because I don't believe that just I don't believe any one source of income out there is reliable anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't believe it. So I feel like everyone should have a couple things, like you know their main thing, a side thing, and just always learning that skill set to keep diversifying how they're staying, uh, how they're making money. Mm-hmm. So that that's what got you to say, okay, this is my main thing, and now I'm working also on my sightseeing, which I'm going to share your journey, right? You're sharing your journey as you building your side hustle plan, right? Correct. That's amazing. Yeah, because what you mentioned is so important. I was actually uh, walking the dogs and listening to my audiobook, and there was also saying like we have this false illusion. I'm smaller now. I gotta <laughs> and little little quotes. I used to be big. I'm small. So it's a baby baby quote. I don't know where I'm at anymore. So it's a baby quote saying like job security, right? We got our nine to five, and we have job security until indeed they'll call you in that office and say, "Here's an envelope." You know, you got yeah. a choice, or you get out, or you do something that maybe you don't even want, but you kind of have to because you know now you're stuck with everything. Absolutely, man. So, yeah, I'm glad to hear that you're sharing this because it's it's really important, especially for us dappeners, right? We got so much more, more responsibility. I mean, if you don't, if you're just single, you got out of college and it happens, your boss says, look, you're fired. You're like, you know, you're going to be upset, but it's like, yeah, okay. But for us, it's like you're fired. It's like, Oof, dude, how am I going to make sure that my kids can still go to, you know, their favorite uh, extracurricular, uh, make sure that they can go to school and have lunch there? Uh, you name it, right? So, yeah, yeah absolutely understand it, man. Love it. So, tell us a little bit more about you, uh, Galen, and especially also, I'm always interested in hearing, you know, what your family setup look like. Yeah, for sure. So, a little bit about me. Um, it's kind of funny, like you said, I'm representing here. Um, I am. Uh, so, I'm a financial advisor, but I tell people I'm the most interesting financial advisor you'll ever meet. Um, I have three passports. I speak three languages. I've lived in four countries on three continents, mm-hmm. all by the age of 30. Um, I've been <clears throat> lived in the jungles of Venezuela, got bit by a rat, almost kidnapped by paramilitaries, um, had to smuggle myself across a few borders. I won't talk too much about that. Um, and uh, almost had a almost uh, rolled off of a almost had my car roll off a hill in the Himalayas uh, when my family was tra- uh, living in Bhutan when I was eight. Um, and I didn't really plan on this, but I've got, I'm representing the States here, Canada here. I don't have anything Venezuelan lying around, but, um, that's me. Um, yeah. So my wife and I met, um, in Venezuela, um, 20 years ago now, I guess, 19 years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. I was down there. I started a nonprofit educational nonprofit. My son was born down there. So he's also a triple citizen. Um, so we, we joke about anyone who doesn't have three passports and stuff like that. And, um, then uh, my wife and I, when he was born, kind of like you said, like when I was down there single, I was like, I could stay here forever. And then I got married. I was like, okay, now I got to worry. You know, now I'm a little bit worried about both of us. And then when our son was born, we knew that our time was limited because Venezuela is an amazing country, but it has a lot of safety issues. So um, the biggest concern we had was that our son would get kidnapped. And because mm-hmm. we knew that if our son got kidnapped, then we would just have to give them as much money as they asked for. And we and I, I, there was some risk of me getting kidnapped too, of course, but, or anyone really like kidnapping is pretty popular down there. Mm-hmm. So, um, we left, moved to Canada with nine suitcases and a two year old with no idea where we were going to live, where, what we were going to do for work, nothing. 
and my wife got a job in Eastern Ontario and our daughter was, so I stayed, I had to get my residency, which took a really long time, stayed home with the kids for a couple years, two, three years. And then uh, my daughter, so my daughter was born up here in Canada. And so, yeah, so now it's the four of us um, living in this beautiful town in Eastern Ontario, um, getting used to the snow that lasts like, you know, five months out of the year. And exactly what you said, like a dadpreneur has, just as you were saying that dadpreneur has a whole different vibe to it. And, um, in my case, um, you know, we love skiing, but skiing's expensive. So it's like, all right, mm. can I make enough money to keep skiing? <laughs> you know, can I keep the house going? And like you said, extracurriculars, like things like skiing and, uh, you know, travel, my family is scattered all over the place. It's not, mm. um, it's not easy to visit them, but I love visiting them. So, uh, it's, yeah. And it's the kids, you know, how much, how much do I want them and understand the reality of, um, like my son's 10, I'm starting to teach him, um, about entrepreneurship and, you know, a little bit more about the reality of what happens when you are on your, on the hook for making enough money to keep your family going. Um, so yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Great, man. I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, I, even though we've known each other for six months, I've learned a lot of new things. I appreciate that. Um, just for people watching this, do me a huge favor and say hello or something so I can see if this comment thing is working as well. I would appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. As I just mentioned, I'm trying out something new. So if you have any questions, by all means, make sure you uh, you ask them. I have the possibility now to see it. So that's pretty cool. So go ahead. You There's a couple people watching in my group, so um, <laughs> I'll see if they comment over in my group or not. But yeah. yeah. That would definitely be appreciated. So, Galen, you mentioned something in the beginning, right? Your your wife, I, I believe you mentioned, said, um, did something in regards to fear, right? Uh, of course, in regards to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what is from, because I'm sure she shared her experience with you. What did you learn? What what did fear mean for you first? And what does it mean for you now? Mm. Wow. That's a really good question. I should have known we'd talk about fear considering it's fearless father. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we both, we both took the course and uh, our friends, like we have friends who said, Hey, come over to our house. We're going to talk about like, we didn't understand, like we'd never done anything around the world of mindset or personal development or anything. And so it's all very foreign to us. So our friends were like, Hey, come over to our house and learn a little bit about a course we took. And we we're like, well, what are you talking about? Like, what is it? I don't get it. And they kept saying, Oh, it was just this amazing course. And I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know if I want to go to this thing. But then they, I said, well, what did you get out of the course? And they said, well, after the course, we stopped yelling at our son so much. Mm. And I was like, all right. Like, I don't yell at my kids a lot, but it would be nice if I yelled at them even less. So cool. Like, that was in. <laughs> like, that was like, if I can get that out of it. And so there's a course called Landmark, um, which some people may be familiar with. Um, Landmark Worldwide, I think it's called. Anyways, so the first course you take with them is a three-day course. And a big part of it is kind of re-examining reality, getting a new uh, vision of what is kind of controlling my, it was, helped me realize what was controlling my life besides myself. Mm -hmm. And fear is a big one. So what does fear, what did fear mean to me before? I mean, I think before I couldn't even necessarily identify fear in my life very well. Like I couldn't necessarily figure out when it was like driving the car and when I was driving the car. So, um, yeah, so one of the most recent things I've explored around fear is um, fear and anxiety basically rob us of our potential. Mm. And most fear that humans experience, or certainly I'll just talk about myself, most of the fear I experience is about things that may never happen. Like, 
oh, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my house. Well, you know, there's a lot of things I can do to make sure that doesn't happen. But if all I do is think about the fear of losing my house, it's probably going to happen. <laughs> because if I focus on that fear, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So what I've learned about fear is to replace that fear with something else. So I'll use the example of losing my house because it's a big one for me. I've spent a lot of money on this house and uh, spent a lot of years renovating it and don't want to lose it. It's the house I've designed from scratch. Um, but it's a reality. Like if I don't make enough money, I can't keep the house. Like it's not like somebody's going to come in and pay the bills for me. Mm -hmm. um, so if I replace that with um, the fear of losing my house with the joy of doing all the things it takes to have a successful business, mm -hmm. you know, the joy of bringing on new clients, the joy of, you know, my side hustle taking off, uh, it gets rid of that fear and it puts me into power. And so, um, there was a speaker recently who I saw who said he spends zero energy uh, thinking about future outcomes that are undesirable to him and he replaces them with future outcomes that are desirable to him. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty powerful thing to do um, because I've learned that what I put my energy on is what expands. You know, like energy is like a magnifying glass. And so, you know, I have a group, a Facebook group for people who have done a, an online challenge and it, at one point was growing by like 30 people a day. And I'm, and I'm like, I'm not even sure what I'm doing like to grow it this fast, but it's just cause I was spending a lot of energy on it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I was focused on it. I was doing stuff when I was going live. I was doing all sorts of stuff. It was just growing fast. So that's what I learned is if I focus on fear, that's what I'm going to get more of. But if I focus on possibilities, that's what I'm going to get more of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. That's a very powerful explanation of what is that means fear and especially how to overcome it. Right. Because, I mean, we all have fear. So yeah. people sometimes I have a discussion. It's like, oh, yeah, become a fearless father. It's like, no, 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 you're not taking the fear away because you're always going to have fear, yeah. right? It's everywhere. It's just how you deal with that fear and what you let it mean to you and what you say, like how you let it rob you of, you know, the beauty of things, right? Instead of yeah. focusing on those kind of things. Great, yeah, man. I appreciate you hearing it. Yeah, and that's definitely a good point is that the, the goal is not to have, the goal is not to never experience fear or not, to, it's not to never experience negative emotions. You know, like another thing that I'll throw out there as a father is for, a, I mean, and, and I mean, another thing I'll point out is all these things are practice. Like there are days when I'm paralyzed by fear because I can't, like these, these techniques I have, I'm just not thinking of them. I'm just not using them. So there are moments when, and it happens quickly. Like I can be like, everything can be going fine. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, what if this happens? And then I'm like, I don't know. So what I was going to say about the fatherhood side of, and I mean, that comes from a delusion. Like if someone lives life, if I were to live life with the delusion that I should never experience fear, then every time mm -hmm. I do experience it, I'm going to beat myself up. I'm going to like, you know, have all these negative experiences around it. And what I'll say about that around the delusion side of things is, for the longest time, I was always chasing like perfect moments with my kids or perfect days with my kids. And it's like, I was using an example, like let's say we go to the beach and everything's good. But then on the way home, the kids have meltdowns because they're overtired. And like, it used to be like, oh, this was going to be the perfect day, but this happened or, you know, or, oh, but you guys had a meltdown or, you know, something negative happened and it's ruined my perfect day. And mm. since then I've become much more, uh, you know, open to the idea that, um, that is just part of the experience. Like it's just part of it. Like part of parenting, part of living is that, yeah, we're going to go to the beach. We're going to have a great time. And guess what? Like some stuff's going to go wrong and it's, that's just it. Like, 
it, there's no, and so, I mean, I think that's a delusion I lived with for a long time that caused me a lot of anxiety around just wanting things to be really perfect and like have these perfect days with my kids and perfect quality time with my kids. But I've just redefined what, whether perfect is really what should be happening or what, um, what good interactions actually look like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, perfect chaos, I think somebody said last time, <laughs> right? You can create perfect chaos, but that's about it, especially when you got younger kids. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, perfect chaos, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for the people that are watching, please put your like, share this, and do us a huge favor, let us know that you're here, comment something so we know, or I know in this case, that this software is working. I know it is, <laughs> play a little bit more with it. So I appreciate you. And we just keep going with this. So you mentioned like we know each other from, from this challenge, right? The, the one funnel away challenge that we did together. And uh, besides, besides that, right? Um, how important is it for you? Or how important has that course been for you and things that you're doing after as in regards to or in comparison with your um, – formal education? Yeah, for sure. That's a great question. So, um, so my formal education is, um, I did an undergraduate or as a, I did, I went to school into the college. I did, um, uh, double majored in math and history or philosophy, math, mm -hmm. history, and philosophy, which people are like, what the hell is that? <laughs> like, why'd you do that? <laughs> and it's because I really didn't want to go to school after I finished high school, but there was this program that I thought was amazing. It was all based on conversation. Like it really fit my style. No, mm -hmm. not a lot of tests. Like I think I took one test in four years. Like it just wasn't the way they did things. You wrote papers, you read books, you had conversations. Anyways, and I swore when I finished, I was like, I'm never going to school again because I was like, I love learning, but I don't really love the confines of school. Like it, it, I, I hate having to learn stuff I don't care about <laughs> like, or that I know how to ever apply in my life. Mm -hmm. Actually, quick story about that. So I was in grade seven and my, I lived in North Carolina and my, my history teacher that year taught us North Carolina history. And they taught us things like, what is the state dog of North Carolina? What is the state uh, ship or something like that? And at the end of the year, she's like, hey, everyone, I'd love to get your feedback. Um, you know, and we all just sat there in rows, like 35 kids, like packed into this room and just memorizing and regurgitating, memorizing, regurgitating. And I remember thinking, this is a waste of my time. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not learning anything valuable here. And, you know, it wasn't the teacher's fault, but I was like, this is stupid. Anyways, end of the year rolls around and she's like, hey, guys, uh, I'd love to get your feedback. And I was like, great. This is our chance to say, like, how we don't like this and how everyone's going to, like, write about how this has to change. Like, this is fantastic. So I wrote this long page about how I don't understand why I had to learn this stuff. Um, I'd rather learn something more applicable. I'd rather, you know, I just wrote this whole thing, this manifesto. And there's like 35 of us. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like at least half of us feel this way. Teacher gets it all up, takes it home, reads it, comes back a couple days later. And she's like, all right, I read through your stuff. And I'm like, here we go, folks. Like we did it. She's like, everyone seems okay with what we learned today, except for one person. Oh, and I was like, oh my, like my face got red. Like I was, cause I was a very like self-conscious kid too. Like very shy, very self-conscious. So my face got beat red and I'm like, is she going to like, and, and other kids are like, what? Like someone complained about this class. And I'm just like, oh my God. Like if she says my name, I'm in trouble. She didn't say my name. Thank God. But she did go on a long explanation of why she had to teach what she had to teach and blah, 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 blah. But anyways, um, I did feel a little bit bad about that. Cause she's just doing her job. And I'm like, geez, like how can you feel okay teaching this crap? Anyways. Um, 
so that sums up my experience of education in a nutshell. So I swore I'd never go back to school after college, but then I decided to get a master's in education because I was teaching. So I got a master's mm -hmm. in education. And um, the biggest thing that going through the One Fun Only Challenge did for me was, um, so 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 when I started my entrepreneurial journey, I, I listened to a podcast every day. I read a book, every, like I read at least one book a month. I was reading like dozens of books a year, podcasts, da, 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 da. But I wasn't applying any of it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't applying any of it. So one of the biggest things I learned in the One Funnel Away Challenge was um, learn for two. Like, I love learning. Like, I love learning. Like, I love listening to podcasts. I love reading books. I love taking courses. Like, I love all that stuff when it's something that interests me. But I've realized that if all I do is just learn it and don't apply it, then it's not, it's not really going to do a whole lot for me. It's just this internal, I call it learning loop. Like getting stuck in the learning loop and the learning loop is fun because you're learning all this new stuff and it, like i get these hits of dopamine because i'm like this is great like you know i'm listening to an, a gary v audiobook or a grant cardone audiobook or a jen chinchero or mel robbins and like they're teaching me all this great stuff and i'm like super excited about it but what i've learned is if i turn around and teach that like right away to someone else it's a lot more fun because partially because my superpower is teaching and um, helping people understand complex ideas and mm -hmm. so when I turn around and teach it, I'm getting the best of both worlds. I get to learn, which I love to do, and I get to turn around and teach, which I love to do. And as I'm teaching, I'm creating material. Like I'm doing, going live, I'm you know recording something, I'm creating a, a course. So that's the biggest thing I've learned is that as much as I love books and courses and everything, it's not really worth a whole heck of a lot unless it's translated into action. And in my mm -hmm. case, action almost always takes the form of teaching. Exactly. Yeah, that's well said, man. Yeah, that was a very powerful lesson. Learn for two. Learn like you are teaching it or like you're going to teach it to somebody else. And better yet, you should. And that's exactly what you're doing in the group. So that, that's fantastic. Yeah, and the highest level of comprehension is teaching someone else. Like when like the there's like a pyramid. It's like a like the lowest level of learning is memorization. Like memorization, mm -hmm. you can memorize something without understanding it, right? Like I've memorized things in other languages. Like when I was a kid in Bhutan, we memorized the national anthem and we had to sing it every morning. I, I don't even know what a single one of those words meant. So that's like <laughs> down here. Then it's like, I don't remember the other stuff, but it's basically like, you know, memorization, like reading, whatever, whatever. And then the top of it is having to repackage and teach it to someone else mm -hmm. is like the comprehension is through the roof on um, new stuff. So if you want to learn something really well, turn around and teach it to other people. Exactly. Yeah, that's perfect advice, man. I appreciate that. Um, what I'm wondering, man, because, you know, you're working and you mentioned, like, I got the side hustle. I'm working on becoming a, a dapreneur. And we, we've seen great or we see great dapreneurs that we follow. We see their life. And that gets us in sometimes trouble. No, we're like, wow, they're all the way up there. And um, we, we oh, yeah. see that golden rainbow, whatever you want to call it. Right. And then we're down here trying to make it work. What's what's some of the things that you would like to share with you know people the fathers that are working the nine to five and then see guys i'll take an example for example russell brunson i mean he's he's crushing it um for me he's one of my examples as a as a dadpreneur right where i would like to be in the future um but what's what's the true story right what, what are some of the things that people should take into account when they actually decide and, and take that take take action to take that step 
Yeah, good question. I mean, and I and I'm, I love what you're saying about you know um, crushing it, like seeing the people who are kind of like people aspiring to be. And so for for a second, I'm going to talk about my reality, which is that I don't feel like I'm crushing it at any level for most of the time. <laughs> um, about about three times a week, I'll be in a message with someone, like a chat with someone, and they will say, "Wow, Galen, you're just really crushing it," because I'm going live with people. I'm interviewing some top entrepreneurs. Um, I have a Facebook group of 900 and something people that have all been through the One Funnel Eight Challenge. Um, and uh, what else do I have going on? I've published a productivity journal, the Squirrel Journal, and people mm -hmm. are like, oh, you're just crushing it. And I am if I look at my life in a certain way, and I'm not if I look at my life in another way. So if I look at my life in the way of, oh, but where I really want to be is, you know, I want to be making this much money, or I want to have this much, you know, I want to sell this many journals. Like for example, I have a Squirrel Journal live training in two days uh, that only one person has signed up for. And I capped it at 20 and only one person. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, And I'm like, man, this isn't working and this sucks and da da. But again, I looked at what's going on. I wasn't, I'm not putting enough attention into the live one. I'm getting a lot more results did, uh, virtually. <laughs> so that might be a big like answer. Like don't do it. I was going to do it live, record it and then share it virtually. But now I'm looking at just doing it virtually, sharing that anyways. Um, so the antidote for me um, when I feel like I'm not crushing it is gratitude, like daily gratitude, mm -hmm. grateful in the morning for what's going right. And the days that I do that and the days that I don't are like night and day because, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm grateful for all sorts of stuff. But if I don't take the time to just think of like three things that I'm grateful for, then it's not likely that I'm going to like have that in my, like my, my essence when I'm living the day. Um, now, as far as like dadpreneurs I look up to, um, really, I think, you know, it's kind of funny. I don't um, like I look at more of the um, the circle I run with, you know, mm. and by run with, I mean, like even in the online space, like you, Matt Woodrum, who you're going to um, interview soon. Um, just that's like those are the kind of those are like my people, you know, <laughs> like I might say, OK, there's these people way up here who are also dadpreneurs, but I feel like. I can't relate to them as easily because it's like, well, you know, I'm not running a, you know, how a 200 employee company. I don't, I'm not, been, I haven't been on the cover of Forbes magazine, like all that stuff. But when I see the guys that are like day to day, figuring it out, guys like you guys like Matt, um, just trying stuff, seeing how it goes, like figuring stuff out. Like those are, those are the people that I, um, you know, sure. I'll, I'll read stuff by other entrepreneurs. I'll listen to stuff, by other partners, but it's really the dads that just like look more like me. Like mm. in the sense of at a similar life stage, like small kids, figuring stuff out. Like that's where I get more inspiration than than mm. anything, really. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. Thinking that, Matt, I quickly want to ask you, ask you because you mentioned something like uh, you, you get three times, four times, and you're not the only one. I think Matt can relate. I can relate, right? People saying, wow, man, dude, you're crushing it. And you're thinking like, Am I really, you know, is, is this what success feels like? But I don't feel that successful yet, right? So that brings me to this question, Mel. What does success mean to you and, and what does it look like for you? Yeah, yeah, that's an amazing question. And, um, you know, so exactly like I said, like I could say I made a productivity journal like I took all I took years of learning about productivity and I I started using this this uh, notebook for myself. It's a thick theory binder, and people were like, "Hey, Galen, um, people are noticing like things in my life are going better." And they're like, "How'd you do it?" And I was like, "Oh, it's this productivity stuff." And they're like, "Oh, you should package it and sell it." Nah, it's okay. I packaged it. 
I presented it to a bunch of people for free. I got all these amazing reviews. I'm like, holy crap. Now, I could stop there and say, that's success. Mm. Or I could like then say, oh, but I tried to do a live training and nobody signed up. That's not success. You know what I mean? So it's like success is if I'm going to look at the stuff that's going right, that's success. Now, to be a little bit more specific, what I've learned, so I'm really big on the idea of superpowers. Like everyone has a superpower. Mm -hmm. The whole series of my podcast that's about superpowers. And so my, and I coached someone on this yesterday where um, we were talking and she was saying, oh, I'm really disconnected from my why. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like um, I'm not living into my power enough. And so I said, and she maybe didn't use those words, but I just said, um, she just seemed really disconnected from her purpose. Mm -hmm. so I said, yeah, me too. Um, let's get to the bottom of this. And so I said, you know, on a scale of one to 10 in the last week, how connected do you feel to your superpower? Like how much did you use your superpower? And hers happens to be creativity. Mine happens to be teaching. And she said five and I said like two. And I was like, that's probably why we feel disconnected from um, mm. our purpose is because we're not spending as much time doing the thing that we're really good at. And like I, like for me times, one of the measures, so just to talk a little bit about superpowers, mm. I have a whole series of questions I ask people to help them identify their superpower. Mm -hmm. One of them is what do you like? What do you do that help that makes time stand still? And for me, it's like talking like this interview, for example, is like flying by. Like I mean, like or it's like a combination of flying by slash like living like like it's it's also like just a really enjoyable experience. Mm -hmm. uh, me in front of a whiteboard, you know, um, I love doing that. And it's and I looked at it, I was like, man, I haven't gone in front of a whiteboard in my group in weeks. I haven't taught anybody anything in a while. Like I'm out of my superpower. So. For me, what I've learned is the more time I can spend in my superpower, like doing what I'm really good at, that's that's daily success to me. Because um, the other thing I'll talk about is like I don't not every minute is created equal. Like I'm big on making the most of life, mm -hmm. and I've learned that the more time I spend in my superpower, the bigger life I lead. Like the more, like a day, if I spent the day. Um, like, let me think. If I spent the day, I'll talk about this because I'm actually doing it. Uh, mm. I'm taking the certified financial planner final test in a week and a half. And it's a six oh. hour exam. And I have to study like hours upon hours to get this thing. A day, if I were to spend a day studying for eight hours versus a day of teaching for eight hours, like the day where I taught for eight hours, it's like I lived more time. Like I had just a more fulfilled experience. It's like, it's almost like I lived a week in that day. Mm -hmm. Whereas the CFP day, it's like it sucked a week out of me. You know, it's like a negative. <laughs> like it's something I have to do, but it's not something I particularly enjoy. So, um, so yeah, that's it. Like living into my superpower as much as humanly possible um, is is my idea of success. Nice man. Yeah, and I appreciate you also taking the time to explain a little bit, like what does that mean, right? The superpower and how, how do you discover that for, um, yeah, your clients your followers within your group um, i assume that that's pretty yeah. cool man i was thinking what makes time go really fast so spending time with my kids in the amusement parks makes the time go real fast but i'm not yeah. sure superpower <laughs> <laughs> well superpower um it's interesting I've, i'll send you a thing I, I made up a questionnaire that helps have a video series that helps people figure out their superpowers but there's a whole bunch of questions one way to do one way to find one way to help find out your superpowers to ask other people what they think it is um, because I have asked other people and I assumed I would hear one thing and I heard like people would say like three or four things but everyone said the same thing in common like I asked like I don't know how many people asked a while ago maybe five people 
And so a lot of them said, well, you know, you're, you're driven and all this stuff. But every, the only thing that everyone said in common was caring, that I'm a caring person. And so if you ask other people, you're likely going to figure, it's likely going to help you out. And the other thing is superpowers, the way I look at it, it's kind of like, you know, those cheerleading pyramids where you've got like these cheerleaders and then there's like the one, uh, maybe that's a very uh -huh. American thing, but um, superpowers, superpowers, are, uh, superpowers are like that cheerleading squad. Like you have a whole bunch of things that you're kind of good at, um, but there's a few that are always going to rise to the top. And they're kind of like subsets of each other. Like, for example, my superpower of teaching and helping other people understand something actually really comes from caring because mm. I know what it's like to not understand something. And I hate seeing other people in that situation. So I love explaining things to people. I love helping people understand things. I love making complex ideas simple because I can tell, like when I see people, two people having a conversation and I and I can see that the the, the words are going like this, <laughs> you know, like they're not like, like I'll watch and I'm just like, it's like, I'm like this. I'm like, I want to jump in and help them because I, I know if I could jump in, I could like help this person understand what this person's saying. Like it just drives me nuts to see two people like not like communicating yeah. well. Um, but I'm really good at it. like, if I hop in, I can be like, okay, this person's saying this, I think, is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay, cool. And you're saying this, is that what you're saying? Cool. Okay. Now boom. And be like, oh, okay, I get it. But for other people, it's not that important. Like they like that. They don't mind having these types of conversations. But mm -hmm. anyway, so asking other people, what makes time stand still? Um, what do you always put at the top of the list? Like you if you have a to-do list, there's things that just always get pushed out. Whatever that thing is, it's not your superpower. <laughs> because if it was your superpower, you wouldn't be pushing it out. You'd be like, all right, I'm going to get this done. Unless there's, you know, there's ways that, you know, superpowers get delayed through procrastin um, perfectionism and things like that. Um, and what's one of the other things? Um, asking other people is really good. Um, and then, uh, and what I say to people is like, once they think they've got their superpower, just kind of run with it and say, that's what it is. And you'll probably just discover the different layers of it as you go and then be intentional. Like I just created yesterday after this call, my friend said, why don't we create a, a check, a check, uh, uh, accountability list, like a thing we can measure our, how much we're living into our superpower every day. And mm -hmm. I was like, perfect because I love it. So we, she created a little thing where it's like you shade in over the phone. We talked about it. She made it. You, at the end of the day, you say my, you know, um, this is how I use my superpower today. This is how I'm going to use it tomorrow. And then you shade in like what percentage of the day you felt like you were in your superpower. And then it's like to track that and result, other results follow. Like the more time I spend in my superpower, other things just start to follow. Like other, like those days that my group was growing, like at this insane rate is because I was in front of a whiteboard every day. I was mm -hmm. like, using my superpower every day. And that's just what started happening. Exactly. I like that. Well, actually, I like that a lot. I hope people pick up on that. Sometimes I'm just explaining this to people that see me and all of a sudden see a bold spot. That's just because I'm looking down on my paper and writing. I'm taking notes while I'm – I keep forgetting to say people so it doesn't look weird. Um, <laughs> I assumed I, you were taking notes, so I didn't even think anything of it. Uh, okay, cool. No, no, I'm taking notes. Uh, I'm learning as much as the people that are watching this. So um, hopefully, <laughs> if not more. So – um, you mentioned you like you, you just mentioned you like teaching. That's your superpower. Um, I'm also wondering what's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned this year so far. Wow, one of the biggest lessons I've learned this year so far. Hmm. Man, I feel like I'm always learning, but um, man, I'll just talk about. So you and I yesterday were talking, and mm -hmm. um, I was telling you how I'm just um, just not feeling like. You know, you're kind of coaching me a bit around um, just really feeling um, 
kind of torn or like I'm not seeing the success I want to see. Um, and what we got to the bottom of on one hand was I'm expecting a level of success that is not in line with the effort I'm putting into it. So for example, my scroll journal, I'm like, oh, only no one signed up for my scroll journal thing. But in reality, all I did was create an event on Facebook. I had a few people share it. Like I haven't been going live about it. I haven't been, you know, posting reviews of it every day. I haven't been da 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 da. Like I just wanted it to happen. And so I think um, that's one thing. And the other thing is really, um, it's been over over a year now. Um, but I'm, so I'm still learning this, <laughs> but I'll share it because I think it's really important is um, <clears throat> the focusing, you know, like how, because I think one of the reasons I wrote the Squirrel Journal, and it's called the Squirrel Journal. Actually, I'll hold up a, hold up a copy of it so people can see it. Yeah, absolutely. Share it. <clears throat> so this is one that's personalized for someone that names Amanda. They're not always personalized, but I use them to dream 100 people. <clears throat> so it's called the Journal to Help You Focus and Hit Your Next Big Goal in 91 Days. And the reason it's called Squirrel Journal is because as entrepreneurs or humans, a lot of times there's shiny object syndrome where I'm starting down one path and I'm like, this is it. This is what's going to work. I'm going to do it. But then probably 20% into the way I say, oh, what's that thing over there? Like, I think that's going to work. And then I go over here. And then I, after 20% into that, then I see something else and I come like way over here and I don't finish anything. And mm -hmm. so the original title of my journal, which I may go back to was the distracted entrepreneur's guide to sticking out and seeing through with their next big goal in 91 days. Mm -hmm. um, but the good thing is, is that that's actually, um, it's actually a gift or a, a, a gift that entrepreneurs have to get really excited about stuff or people like, but most, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, it's easy for us to get Like we get excited about stuff. We get passionate about stuff. Like if we didn't, like we probably wouldn't do what we do. Like, cause you have to be passionate about something to see it through. Yep. Like if you're at a nine to five and I've been at nine to fives, like I, I had zero passion mostly about those nine to fives. Cause I was like, man, eh. like yeah. if they didn't, if they didn't like, if they didn't make me come here at nine and stay until five, I wouldn't, you know, but with entrepreneur, it's like, well, no one's making me do anything. Like I'm doing it because it's like, I'm, I'm, ha I'm passionate. But that same gift of getting excited and everything can translate into distraction. So mm -hmm. you and I talked about yesterday, and then was it yesterday? Yeah, it was, I think it was yesterday, or maybe it was. No, I can't remember when it was. It was a couple days ago. Anyways, um, two days ago, um, I um, yeah, like, and I looked at like how can I align the, all all the different things I'm doing and all the different things I've learned. How can I align it into one thing and mm -hmm. see it out long enough to see it through? And a year ago. I was, um, so John Lee Dumas, who does the EO Fire podcast, um, wrote the uh, Freedom Journal, Mastery Journal, Podcast Journal. A year ago, he um, said, okay, folks, I'm opening up my show to Q&A. So uh, he put it on his Facebook group and he said, write your Skype address right here, your ID, uh, and I'll add you and I'll call you. Like, you'll see if you're one of the people that gets called. Well, I got really aggressive about getting in touch with him. So not only did I put my ID there, I searched him on Skype. I found him on Skype. I added him. I wrote him on Skype and said, hey, JLD, good to talk when you are. <laughs> and it was like a Saturday. I was doing yard work. And I go outside and, I, and my phone, for whatever reason, he called me on Skype and I missed it. And I was like, no. And so I wrote him back. I was like, I'm good to go. And I told my wife, I was like, you got to watch the kids. Like, I got a chance to talk to JLD here. Because <clears throat> if anyone doesn't know, John Lee Dumas, um, like one of the top five business entrepreneur podcast guys in the world, like just yeah. super successful at podcasting. Um, he 
told me on, I think he told me yeah, during the interview that he has 300 people a month that apply to be on his podcast. Um, anyway, so to be on there was amazing. And I'd followed the guy for a year. I'd listen to his podcast like every day for like a year. Anyway, so I said, he said, Galen, what do you, what questions do you have for me? And I said, well, how do you, how do you see like one thing through to completion? And he said, okay, here's what you do. You brainstorm everything you think you should be doing. You know, in my case, it's like, should I be doing a webinar? Should I be, you know, focusing on my scroll journal? Should I be doing live trainings? Whatever, whatever, like the whole long list. Should I be expanding my financial advice Facebook group? You know, all that stuff. He said, you write it all down. You think about it. You look at it. You pick one. And you put that at the top of the list on a whiteboard above your computer, like in your mirror, like everywhere. And you just stick with that until it's done. And what I've learned is, the beauty of doing that and the beauty of like, you know, my ideas behind the scroll journal is that even if like, let's say I'm going through it and I'm at like 50% and I think, Oh, I need to change what I'm doing. If I force myself to finish it, then what I've learned along the way, and I go back to that list of 20 things I thought I needed to do, I can usually erase about half of them because mm -hmm. I learned so much by seeing that one thing through that I can now get rid of all these other things that were actually just distractions or weren't mm -hmm. that important weren't that measurable. So I'd say that's number one. And I mean, last thing I'll say is um, another big thing I've learned is um, the, on the business owner slash employee hat. So there's a thing I do at night. I put on my hat. So like, so if, if you and I did a nine to five job, we'd work really hard. The company would keep most of the results of what we make and they would give a little bit back to us. And if we did it well enough for long enough, maybe they'd give us some money so we could live for the rest of our lives. Um, as an entrepreneur, there's no, there's no one there to tell us what to do. There's no one there to hire us, fire us, you know, none of that stuff, right? Like we're kind of, so we have to have the boss brain and the employee brain. So at night I put on my boss hat and I schedule my day out for my employee, who is me. My employee has to do all these things tomorrow. Mm -hmm. and everything has to fit two criteria. One, it has to be something meaningful that's going to move my business forward. And two, I cannot care whether my employee wants to do it or not. Like, Bosses don't care like whether their employees want to do something or not. Like the CEO of a company does not care. It's like, you have to do this. That's it. And if you don't do it, you lose your job. Like that's it. Anyways. So I put on my hat and I'm like, okay, look at all the things I'm going to do. Are they going to move my business forward? And it doesn't matter if my employee wants to do them or not. Wake up in the morning and I put on my employee hat. And the beauty of it is now I don't have to think because if mm -hmm. I wake up to a blank day, I can almost guarantee you that if I wake up at a blank day, uh, to a blank day and I like come down to my basement, you know, office set up at 9 a.m. and I have nothing on my calendar. When I go to pick up my kids at school at 3.30, I will have accomplished next to nothing <laughs> because I had a blank day in front of me. And it's like a blank day is like, oh, I have so much time to do nothing. So that's, I'd say, was another big one. The employee employer hat, That's uh, that was a huge one for me. The days that I implement that, like things go so much differently. Absolutely. Yeah, man, I really appreciate you sharing that. Those are, see what happens. I asked for the biggest one. You get three. Galen does every single time. Makes sure <laughs> gives you more than you asked for, and I appreciate that. And thank you, Jason, for your comments. I appreciate that as well. Now I know I can share what other people post. And yeah. if you have any questions, by all means, ask them. We still have um, a little over 10 minutes live on this show. Um, I still got tons of questions for sure. <laughs> um, what is 
What's the meaning of time for you? Hmm. The meaning of time. Meaning of time. Yeah. So when it comes to time or money or energy or anything like that, one of the biggest things I've learned around that is a couple of years ago, every day I ran around saying, I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. Like that was the, the script that was running in my head all day. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to eat healthy. I don't have enough time for my kids. I don't have enough time to grow my business. I don't have enough time to read that book. Like I could keep going. And even now I'm feeling like stressed out. Like if I say it enough times, right, it, it starts to be real. A friend of mine said, all right, it's part of my journal too. Like everything's ended up in my journal. Um, mm-hmm. He's like, Galen, um, have you done affirma- daily affirmations? And I was like, daily affirmations? Like that sounds so goofy. I don't want to do that. He's like, Galen, just try it out. I'm like, fine. He's like, okay, what are the things that you struggle with? I was like, well, I don't have enough time. He's like, cool, let's fix that. I was like, well, you can't because I don't have enough time. And he's like, no, we can fix that. I was like, okay. So he said, let's come up with an affirmation as sort of an antidote to that mindset. So he said, every day you're going to wake up and you're going to say, I, Galen, and I'll create all the time in the world necessary to reach my biggest goals. And I was like, okay. So I started saying that and I started saying it every day. And it started coming true on a bit of a mysterious level like, and on a bit of a practical level. And, mm-hmm. and so by that, I mean, it felt like I had more time because I just kept saying it. Mm-hmm. But another thing I would, so the other really important thing was the affirmation in the morning, but in the evening, look for evidence of how I did make enough time for everything that day. Okay. Because if I don't look for the evidence, I'm not going to really know whether I did it or not. And on some days it's hard to find the evidence. But if I just keep going, I keep finding evidence that I am creating the time necessary. So as an example, wake up in the morning, I get I'll create all the time necessary to reach my biggest goals. Um, at the end of the day, I look at it and I'm like, yeah, so I took the time to, you know, call that client today. Um, mm-hmm. I did take the time to hang out with my kids at the park. I did take the time to make them breakfast. You know, I start looking at all the things I made time for. Mm-hmm. And so now my stress around time has really diminished ever since I started doing that. Um, the other thing on a more practical level is I just spend more time in what really matters. Like when it actually comes to, like I said, the things that are actually going to move my business forward, less time being busy, more time being productive. Um, and I just have more time at my disposal. Um, another thing is leveraging other people. Like one of the things I've learned is that there's so many people out there ready to help me if I just ask and I hate asking for help. I hate, 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 hate. like anything like, I'll be going out to the barbecue with like a plate of stuff and like a thing and a thing and a thing. And I'm like walking and I have to ask someone to open the door for me. And I'm like, Oh no, I should be able to open the door myself. Like, uh, and I'm like, okay, fine. I'm like, Hey, can someone open the door for me anyways? But when I do ask for help, I'm amazed at how many people are out there just ready to help me. Like even people that don't even know me that well. And so that's another way to leverage, to expand time. Like being in your superpower is probably number one. Um, the affirmation and evidence is like way up there on expanding time. And then the last one is leveraging community, leveraging friends, you know, asking them for help. Um, because I'm, there's a ton of stuff I'm not, not good at. My wife, like my wife and I thankfully are like, you know, like when it comes to skill sets, I'm like the guy who's completely willing to go live and get in front of the stage and all that stuff. My wife doesn't enjoy any of that. I'm the guy who's really big on like the strategy. So like when I do strategy sessions for people around their business, it's all about mindset. And and then we get down to the nuts and bolts of how their business is structured, like what their value ladder is, all that stuff. And then they're like, okay, cool. Now let's turn that into a website or a funnel or whatever. Then it's my wife's turn to take over. She's like, cool. I know how to, she knows how to design. She knows how to, you know, code and all that stuff that if she needs to, 
Um, she knows how to integrate systems, all that stuff that I like. I can do it if I have to, but I really don't want to do it. So that's the other thing is leveraging leveraging the people that um, can complement the um, what you're not good at or don't like doing. That's amazing, man, that you got that balance, right? And I'm working together. And as you said, um, what a lot of people are telling you, very successful uh, setting up if you if your first side hustle. Um, so I got to ask, because, you know, if you have that great balance, how is that? How do you get that set up to make sure that also is well structurized within the house, within the home, with the kids and everything? Yeah. So, I mean, in our case, <laughs> excuse me, I have some allergies going on here. Um, in our case, um, our kids are old enough that they go to school from, you know, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we do is um, we started doing is making sure that we're getting those really important tasks done while they're out of at school. Because it is harder when they're home, it's harder, you know, like they want to play soccer with me. Like my daughter this morning was like, let's play soccer before we go to school. And we have this really nice loft where we can kind of play sports and stuff. Um, right. I was like, no, I got to get started. Da -da. Anyways, so it's really just maximizing when they're not here. The other thing is like also not diminishing the fact that, you know, I'm kind of downplaying how much my daughter can fit into this. But my son is 10. He's starting to learn. Like I'm starting to teach him how to do stuff online, starting to teach him how to you know, build things online. So bringing him in, like, that's what I call like authentic multitasking. It was like, there's multitasking where it's like, oh, I'm writing a blog post, but I'm also checking Facebook and my phone is ringing. Like, that's not like everyone, like a lot of people think that that's, you know, they can multitask, but there's a lot of brain science that shows that humans can't multitask in the sense of like, I can listen to a podcast and do yard work because yard work doesn't take a whole lot of my brain. But I can't like we still have a like we still have a, a, a brain power to a certain extent. So if I'm writing a blog post that takes a lot of brain power, every time I'm switching to another task, it's messing me up. Anyways, but authentic multitasking is when I say, okay, how can I take different facets of my life, like my kids, my work, my exercise, my faith? Like how can I combine those things? Because it helps me avoid the feeling of oh I'm working, but I should be spending time with my kids. Or I'm I mean part of it is just that's the mat that's just the fact of like life. Like I'm not always going to be in balance all the time. You know, some days I'm going to have to pull a 12 hour day to, to study my CFP stuff and I'm not going to see my kids that much. I'm not going to work out, whatever. Like to, to, to be okay with that. But then above and beyond that, it's like, well, how can I combine this? Like, can my son help me write the flashcards for my CFP? Can my, you know, can my daughter help me with the yard work? Uh, can the kids run, go on their bike while I go for a jog? You know, like how can I combine these different facets of my life? That's a huge uh, part of it. And, um, but I think I'm answering something that you didn't ask. What was the question you asked? You asked, um, oh, about my wife and I and like the structure and the dynamic and everything. Yeah. So I mean, it's something we're learning, but like at the end of the day, um, so just to give an example, if we're going to build um, a funnel for someone, I have a strategy call with them where we go over their um, value ladder because most people haven't defined their value ladder. So it's basically like, you know, what's that, you know, low barrier to entry thing that we're going to give away? What's the next thing after that? And then like, what's the top tier thing that we're going to do? Most people have not structured their business in that way. And in fact, it's not a part of the challenge that we were a part of. And so I love adding that to the, the thing because most people, or at least not in the way that most people, like a lot of people are like, oh man, that's the piece I was missing. I didn't understand that I can like create these different levels. Um, I record it because I'm never going to capture everything the person says. And it's usually a 45 minute call. Then I go sit down with my wife and we just make a checklist of everything she's going to do and everything I'm going to do. So it's like, okay, you do the design, you do the integrations. I'm going to write the copy. 
based on the conversation I had with that person. So it works pretty well that way. Um, mm -hmm. I think my wife gets frustrated, more frustrated with me just because um, she's the kind of person who once she starts something, like she finishes it. Like she did the OFA challenge a couple months ago and she's one of the, she had a challenge with ads running by the end of the challenge, which is probably less than half a percent of the people who do it. Mm -hmm. it I'd say actually let, well, like well less than that, less than a quarter of a percent of the people who do it. She had a funnel up and running for which she had created content and she had ads taking people to the funnel, like by the end of the challenge. Like that's the kind of person she is. Like she just like runs with it. I'm a little bit more of a like, oh, I need another day to think about the copy, you know, let it percolate in my brain a little bit more. And then I sit down and I write some and then I get up and it's like, she's just like, oh my God, just sit still and do it. So, but um, that's how we've kind of learned how to structure it. And just yesterday she created a sort of a menu for like what people want. You know, do you need cop? Do you need just the structure? Do you need structure and copy? Do you need structure, copy integration? Like these are the different tiers of what we can do for you. So it's kind of, um, it's kind of um, helping organize things little by little, but it's really just doing it. That's how we're figuring it out. Right. Like, Absolutely. I always think of everything, everything I do, it's kind of like I'm, I'm entering into a dark forest and I'm like creating my own path. And I can only see a couple steps ahead of me. But when I turn around and look, I'm like, oh, I can see the whole path behind me. Like now mm -hmm. I can look back and say, oh, this is how I did everything. But at first it's like, geez, like where's the next step? Where's the next step? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in the end, that's what it's all about, right? Just taking that next step. And uh, by the, what you mentioned, like by the time that you get there, you can see everything that you've done. And hopefully you've ended up where you wanted to be. Sometimes you end up somewhere else, right? But it's still a great place to be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, but it's great, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for, for all your time. Last thing, man, because as I mentioned, I still got tons of questions. I'm sure the people out there that are watching this, they might still want to get to know you better or have some questions. Um, maybe they want to join your group, etc. How can they get in contact with you, uh, Gal? Yeah, for sure. So um, I have a group called uh, Side Hustle uh, Army OFA Challenge. If you've done the One Follow Me Challenge, that's how you can get into that group. Um, I also have the Side Hustle Army Facebook group, which is open, or Facebook page, which is open for everyone. And then if you want a copy of the Squirrel Journal, that you can find at thesquirreljournal.ca, .ca for Canada. Um, yeah, so thesquirreljournal.ca. Actually, if you go to thesquirreljournal.ca right now, you can download, um, I basically took the best productivity hacks I've learned and I put them into a four page guide that you can start implementing tonight. So um, if you go to the scrolljournal.ca, put in your name and email, you'll get a free guide, a productivity master guide, and then have the option afterwards to buy the journal if you want. Um, the journal comes with an audiobook version, an online course and access to a Facebook group that's just for people who have bought the journal. Uh, to get accountability, um, you know, and uh, extra training on that. So, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Those are the best ways to to kind of connect with me. Fantastic, man. I appreciate it. So, again, thank you very much for being on. Everybody else has been watching. Thank you very much. Um, software didn't let me down. Everything worked. I'm excited. That was great. So uh, I'm very happy about that. Look, see, see we even got. <laughs> hey, Teresa. So that was really cool. That is really cool. So we can share it like this. So that's awesome. So I appreciate everybody. Theresa, Jason, thank you for being here. Everybody else, thank you for being here. Next time, please leave a message so we know who you hear. We can name you as well. And make sure you check out Galen. And one um, you've noticed, he's honest about where he's going. Man, I got to go like this. I'm not used to having this small screen for myself. <laughs> About where he's going he's honest about all the mistakes that he's making all the failures 
and he's sharing his successes. And there's no better way to learn than that. Plus, the superpower is teaching. What more do you want? So that's it. Thanks, everybody. And I will speak to everybody very soon. Take care and have an amazing, terrific Tuesday. Bye-bye. Bye. Are you still meeting up with your friends now that you're a father? Kids making you stress out. You got no time for yourself to work out, read, relax. Can you still remember the time you were hanging out with your friends, feeling energetic, happy, and confident? Spending time together and talking about your life and your crazy dreams. You're feeling alone now, don't you? No one to share your challenges with, and you're just running around from one storm into the next. Well, it's time to change this now. Join me and the Brotherhood of Fearless Fathers to speak on a weekly basis with like-minded dads to crush your challenges, face your fears with determination, be held accountable and regain control of your life. If you want to become the hero your family needs you to be, then go to becomeafearlessfather.com slash brotherhood. Looking forward to seeing you on one of our next calls.